Hey, good morning. How are we doing? Uh, let me say as well, if you're a guest this morning, uh, you are most welcome. Why don't you consider making Jubilee your, your home? That'd be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Um, uh, have we all returned to normality or some form of normality after Christmas? Have we done that? Have we gone back to work? Have we gone back to school? Have we gone back to college? It's all becoming a bit more normal again, isn't it, after the craziness? Well, um, this morning we, we are going to continue going through uh, the book of uh, Philippians. We're, we're going back uh, from where Simon left off last week. Um, so we're kind of traversing through the book of uh, Philippians. So if you do have your Bible with you or you have it on a phone, uh, do look up chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Uh, the passage should be uh, displayed on the, on the screen as well. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I don't know whether you noticed that over the, the Christmas period that people were a little bit more friendly. A little bit more friendly? Did they spend a bit more time with family? Did, they, did your friends spend a bit more time with you? Were people generally a bit happier than normal? Now, I've got a great example in this in my father-in-law, who is the happiest person ever at Christmas. It's amazing. Um, but uh, we see that um, sometimes th this happens, but we get to January and it changes. We get back to work um, and maybe we have less time for people and less time for our friends. Um, and uh, I noticed over Christmas that um, with this increased sense of humility, there are other people that notice it as well. Um, there is something about Christmas that brings out humility in us. Um, and this is the, the reason why we see charities, many charities, doing their biggest advertising drives during the Christmas period. Did you notice that? Did you notice on social media, on the TV, that um, there was many, many adverts for charities that's not done by accident because these big organizations understand that there is this increased sense of humility at Christmas. Um, and they do that because, because they know that people's hearts are a bit more open and that maybe they're more likely to donate. Now, what I'm not saying is that this is a bad thing. Of course, it is a good thing. Um, but have we noticed that when January comes, maybe our attitudes maybe change and we're not so open and we're not so humble? Now, Open Door did a drive at Christmas. Now, if you've, got, if you've still got some pent-up humility left over from Christmas, <laughs> you can still give to Open Door. Open Door is a charity that was started by Jubilee Church and works with some of the most marginalized people in our community, actually, uh, they uh, would be very grateful for your um, humble giving, if you can 
if you can do that. Amen, <laughs> Amen from the chair of trustees there. Um, but in a similar way to this, we see that this can happen with our New Year's resolutions as well. Hands up if you've got a New Year's resolution. One person, I don't believe you. You don't want to put your hand up because last week Simon said that you didn't have to do it. You see, we attack the new year with vigor and passion for whatever our resolution is. But that passion starts to dwindle, doesn't it? And oh, maybe after a few weeks, you get a bit bored of it. Maybe after a few days. Now, at this point, I'm going to hold my hand up, okay? Because I took Lou's advice and downloaded the Bible in One Year app. And I did three days <laughs> before I stopped. Three days. How awful. <laughs> now, I am eventually trying to catch back up um, with it. Um, it's slow going, I must admit. Um, but what it does do is highlight an issue in my heart that there's seemingly more important things fighting for my attention. You see, we can get a little stingy with our time, and this can be equally apparent in our relationships with others. So I'm happy to spend time with people when it's Christmas and I'm on holiday, but I'm maybe less likely to do so when I've got that deadline at work or dancing on ices on the telly. I don't watch it, don't worry. <laughs> the temptation to become more selfish with our emotions, our time, our money, starts to become stronger. The temptation is to look at my own desires and interests. What's in it for me? It's all too easy for our selfishness and pride to get in the way, isn't it? And in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, we find him tackling this issue in chapter 2. See, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi in response to them sending Epaphroditus to comfort him. But Epaphroditus, although comforting, brings news of false teaching and infighting amongst the church. And I'm sure that's not what Paul wanted to hear, is it? He didn't want to hear that. He definitely didn't want to deal with bickering women. <laughs> well, would you guys? <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't. Um, so we see him in this letter calling the church in Philippi to unity and humility. So let's read what he has to say. Let's turn to Philippians 2, 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one, of, and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others." In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the truth that it brings to our life. Holy Spirit, would you just come now and open our hearts that we may receive from you this morning. Amen. So, um, we asked the question, what is humility? And I must admit that when I was researching this for this morning, um, what I found myself doing was not looking really at what humility was. Do you know what? I might have had a bit more in common with the opposite. And I started to look at what pride was. Um, you see, pride is selfish ambition. It's an unreasonable feeling of superiority of one's talents, beauty, wealth. Pride is arrogance. We live in a world... Um, a modern culture that promotes a me-centered world. It's about what I can achieve. It's what I say I am. It's what I deserve. It's what I think. It's what I can obtain. I can be whatever I want to be. The world is mine. My opinion is what matters. Look at me. That's what the world teaches. Life is about doing whatever I can, whatever I want, whenever I want to, to make it to the top. Now we see this in the form of reality TV, don't we? We see many, many people seemingly trying to do anything, being prepared to do anything for the prize of fame. You see, pride says, I am God, and what I says say scores. Pride is what makes us compare ourselves to others to envy other people's possessions and achievements and become jealous of the blessing and gifts of others. Pride says, do you know what? I should have had that promotion, not Dave. He's only been here five minutes and he's too young. Pride says, I should have been doing that pitch, not Paul. Pride says, and he's not here. <laughs> I can do a better job than Raj. Maybe we can, who knows. Pride makes it hard to take criticism. It makes, makes us try to blame others for our mistakes. It makes it hard to seek forgiveness and it makes it hard for us to forgive others. Now you might say to me this morning, you might say, Andy, that's not me. It's not what I'm like. In fact, I'm the opposite. I'm not arrogant. In fact, I don't actually think much of myself, if I'm honest. I can't do what those other people can do. I'm not good enough. Why have they asked me to preach? 
Why did he ask me to lead worship? Those other guys are better than me, much better. This self-pity is just as much, as much about pride as the other things that we talked about. You see, the focus and the attention is still on me. Now, I'm quite happy to stand here and hold my hand up. That second bit is, is me. Many times I've been asked to go and lead worship at events and things, and I've gone, oh, no, um, oh, I don't think I can do that. Um, have you asked Have you asked Dave? Have you asked Louise? She's really good. Why don't you ask her? Do you know what? This was really hard for me to prepare for. And what I'm actually doing is preaching to myself. You can join in with me if you like. Now, this isn't just a modern day issue. Uh, we see right at the birth of mankind that the issue of pride enters the world. As Satan dressed as a serpent tempts Eve and we see the fall of Adam. In fact, Satan himself was thrown out of heaven because he had too much pride. This pride has been the downfall of man ever since. We see countless stories in the Old Testament where people turn their attention from God as pride takes over them. You see, pride comes from the devil himself. Pride is the devil's favorite weapon. John Stott, a Bible teacher, writes this. He says, pride is our greatest enemy. That's heavy for a start, that isn't it, eh? Godly humility, however, is us abandoning our own desires and allowing Christ in us to lead us. You'll notice that I, um, I haven't got any points. Ooh, maybe I'll get thrown out of New Frontiers. <laughs> like to have to ask Sue to borrow her checked shirt. Um, So we ask this question, don't we? So why is humility important? Why is it? Paul is urging the church to become unified. We see this in the, in the couple of verses before this passage. And his tactics for doing so are by putting on humility. You see, he knows that if the church is to be successful in sharing the gospel of Jesus then this is what is required. The city isn't going to sit up and take notice of a group of people in Philippi who are fighting amongst each other, can't agree on anything, are teaching all sorts of different things. As we've heard, pride is an unattractive character. Humility, however, is something that is overwhelmingly attractive. This is why it is important. We often hear this when people describe how good a person is and we get statements like, he would do anything for you. She always put others first. We hear it a lot, don't we? Paul knew that the surrounding areas of the city would only respond to the gospel if it was presented to them by a united people 
operating with humility. You see, humility is so countercultural, it smacks you in the face. So why is it important? Humility is important because it was God's big plan for the world. He created man and woman to live together with him in constant unity, in perfect and beautiful harmony. Man got in the way. We've heard that already. So it's important because it was God's plan for the world. Humility is important because it's biblical. Throughout the whole narrative of the Bible, we see the constant conflict of pride and humility. We see right through Scripture how important being humble is. Now, Google helped me here. I didn't count it. But the word humble or humility occurs around a hundred times in Scripture. And there is a constant thread and sometimes a warning to be humble. So I've just took a few examples so that you'll believe me on this. <laughs> Colossians 3:12, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Luke 14, 11, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be ex- those who humble themselves will be exalted. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 If my people who are, call- who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Proverbs 11:2 When pride comes then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 18.12 Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, which is arrogant or full of pride. But humility comes before honor. Proverbs 22.4 Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are, are riches and honor and life. Now, we've seen lots of examples in the world of humble people. Does anyone want to shout one out? Mother Teresa. Terry Virgo. Is it another good one? People who have given their lives to Jesus. Not just that once, but their whole lives over to Jesus. What about Jackie Pullinger in uh, Hong Kong for 60 years working with drug, drug addicts and prostitutes? We see lots of humble people. The most humble person in my life is the mother-in-law. Or as I like to call her, the bloody mother-in-law. <laughs> now, do you know what? Sometimes I think, why does she do it? Why does she put that person before her? Why does she do it? That's my issue. Not Julie's. She understands fine well 
that she's putting Jesus first, not the person. So humility is important because it's modelled and it's modelled by Jesus. God's amazing plan for humanity was spoilt by the pride of man, the first Adam. But such was God's humility, he sent a second Adam that would atone for the transgressions of mankind. We see the greatest example of humility in the person of Jesus. God shows ultimate humility in the incarnation and death of Jesus Christ. In his incarnation, we see Jesus humble himself by entering the world as a baby. He made himself nothing and was willing to become lowly as a slave. Now, there's lots of other examples in his life. He lives a perfect life, exuding humility everywhere he went. But a greater show of humility was to come. In his death, we see the greatest act of humility the world has ever seen. Having equality with God, he could have got away himself out of the situation. He could have run away. But instead, he refuses to assert his own cause. Not my will, but yours, he shouts. In this act, because he was willing to humble himself again by dying on a cross, he is revealed to the world as Yahweh. Because he was willing to become a slave, God the Father has exalted him and revealed him to be the ultimate master. This great act of humility has resulted in billions around the world worshipping him some 2,000 years later. If we want to see what true humility is like, we look to the life and death of Jesus. That's our example. So what does it look like for us to be humble, to show humility? You see, Paul knew the antidote to pride. Bickering and false teaching was going on in Philippi. He knew that the only thing that would bring about a change in the hearts of the believers was the foundational teaching and life of Jesus. He knew that it was only God's faithfulness that had planted that church, and it was only God's faithfulness that was going to see it flourish. So what did he do? He pointed their eyes to heaven and declared the wonderful truth in verses 6 to 11. This is a passage that has inspired worship for many Christians across the world. It's all about Jesus. You see, we can't strive ourselves to become humble. There's no self-help books. There's no courses. There's no conference seminars we can go to that are going to help us. You see, humility is not something we can gain ourselves. Because it isn't ours. Humility belongs to God. It's his. It's his very character. So we come to the understanding that because of his death and resurrection, Christ is now dwelling in us by his Holy Spirit, that we can rely on his humility. We lean on his strength and not our own. 
if we fully understand this foundational truth that our identity is now in Christ, it frees us up to live humble Christian lives that bring glory to God the Father. Lives that reflect his light in the darkness. You see, countercultural lives that smack in the faces of everyone we come into contact with. It doesn't point to us. It doesn't point to how good we are. It points to how good he is. Humility is about making him famous, not us. It's about his glory, not ours. Now, as we know, this isn't always easy. I know it isn't for me. I constantly battle with this. And I've gone from being, particularly before I was saved, an arrogant, confident person that wanted the world, to now actually almost the opposite, like we've said. Oh, I don't know whether I'm good enough. I don't think I can stand up in front of people and talk. There's a famous American philosopher by the name of Muhammad Ali who agrees with this, and he says this, he says, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as me. <laughs> so what might it look like to live with humility in our lives? Well, it might mean sacrificing your time to give it to someone else. It might be being more interested in what your friend's point of view is rather than spewing yours onto them. This is a hard one for me. It might be putting your phone down and giving your full attention to your family. It might be that you serve others rather than waiting for people to serve you. It might be that you extend generosity and help out a friend in need rather than buy another pair of trainers. It might be that you need to repent of your pride this morning or even forgive someone. We need to keep our focus fully on God. We need to be constantly drawing on his strength. The only way to become more humble is by becoming more like Jesus. Now we can do this by feeding on his word, by spending time with him in worship, in our prayer life. Jesus is the only way we can be truly humble. And as we move into this spring season of new growth, and as we stretch out our tents, let's do so with great humility. Jubilee, let us be people humble of heart. Let us be people whose very lives and actions magnify God, not us. Will you be a humble servant? of God. Now, I just want to respond to, to this. I just feel that throughout this morning, the Holy Spirit's been here. I think he wants to do some work in us. Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do is just get into groups of maybe four or five. Let's pray for one another in this. It is really important if we want to see this church flourish and grow like the church 
of the Philippians, then it is an important issue that we need to deal with. So let's get together, fours and fives, let's pray for one another. Would the band come up? Let's pray for one another to live humble lives that are pleasing to God. Let's pray for one another to fully find our identity in Christ, not of the things of the world. I really sense that the Holy Spirit wants to break in amongst us this morning. So let's gather together as we pray. Now, I know some of you, you may, you may be brave enough to say that actually I struggle with these issues. I'm happy to say that I do. Why don't you ask someone to pray with you? And let's pray for the upcoming Alpha Course 2, that many people come along and come to know this humble King Jesus. Let's pray.